Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Welcome to the Family Features Podcast. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and today I am having a great conversation with Tess Scott. Um, Tess, welcome. Thank you for for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Corey. This is fun. Yes, I'm looking forward to our conversation, and you have a lot to share. So I'm so excited to for others to meet you and hear your story and your journey. Um, and then as we just discussed, um, pointing us to Christ. Um, so tell us a little about yourself, just kind of that 30,000 foot view. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> so I'm Tess Scott. Um, I'm a mom of eight boys a Grammy with the heart above the eye of a whole slew of grandkids. And they're all wonderful, of course. And uh, I'm a writer, a speaker, and an author. My first book coming out in on launching in June of 2022. So I, I love to share my life and my stories and my past to point people to hope in Jesus. And you've had a, a pretty wild and rough and difficult past too. So tell us kind of some of the highlights of what's led you to today and to writing that book as well. Okay. Well, most of it was um, due to my own personal, uh, let's say, decisions, bad decisions, uh, less than stellar choices, um, and the consequences that resulted from those things, right? So I've been married four times. That's right, four. Um, And the last and twice to the same guy at the end. (laughs) So so, um, our marriage broke up in 2012 and then we were actually divorced and then God reconciled our relationship and then our marriage and then we got married again and now you know we're back together which I'm so so thankful for we're all thankful for and God did a lot through that and through that time of um, being on my own not married and just the things I learned from begging God that that wouldn't happen you know I didn't want that to happen I was living for the Lord at that time and um, you know, I was my face planted in the green carpet of my bedroom, just saying like, please don't let this happen. This can't happen. I didn't want to be on my own. And I certainly didn't want, there's a lot of shame, even in the church of being divorced and maybe in my mind only, I'm not sure about that, but I didn't want that either, but yet God allowed it. And through that, I grew so close to him and I'm actually thankful that that happened. I'm thankful for that time. Now, don't, I'm not saying I want it to happen again or to happen to anyone (laughs) else. Definitely not. However, I can now be thankful for that because that had to happen, right? That had to happen. I feel like God had to get a hold of me and I had to have no other choice, but to just cling to him for every breath. That's how it felt. And, and it really, it's like a gift in a weird way. I was, ta- I was telling a class last night in one of my classes I teach that that word blessing, we use it thinking it's all positive. And truly what a blessing is from God at times is chaos, is a divorce, mm-hmm. is a bad thing that draws us to Christ. We don't mm-hmm. understand at times we've gotten duped into the lie of it's all good and roses and you're following God if things go well, and you're not following God if you things go bad. And that's a that's sad. Like, and as you said, as the, the church has not handled divorce very well, and mm. um, 
and mistakes people make and it's kind of come here and put on your facade. Yeah, that, that for sure happens. And I think also like what you said about the good and the bad. Um, I think it's Jenny Allen who says, um, so um, no, I, I'm going to wreck what she says, <laughs> the seemingly good and the seemingly bad, because I can't tell the difference, right? I don't know what's good and what's bad. Only God, God sees that. Right. And I don't see it, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all of that. So my life has been a freak show, you know, that's the name of the book. Um, what's, what's the name of the book? So the, the name of the book is Listen, Sister, Finding mm-hmm. Hope in the Freak Show of Life. Nice. So <laughs> like just, that. Yeah. So just raising eight boys, that was uh, chaos all the time. Five teenagers every single night after dinner was oh. their kitchen floor was just a wrestling arena to see who was the top dog. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily the oldest one. It's who can take who boys yeah. are full of challenge and everything's a contest. And it was great. It was really great. Most of the time. And, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Most of the time. And we also, we adopted a son who's special needs. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, you know, there's some um, challenges. There's challenges in that. For sure. Yeah. And uh, lots and lots and lots of things enough to fill at least one book and probably more for sure. Yes. And you, I was, I noticed on your website, um, and we'll have all that in the, in the links below and the show notes, but I think it's called is testscott.com. Yes. Testscott.com. Um, the picture just of your family. And just, I just think about how, how many you know lives are being influenced just within your family because of decisions that were made and decisions that you had no say over as well. But that's a bunch of people and that's just one family. And I think that's such a beautiful picture of, how we're supposed to expand that even beyond our family to those that we love on and minister to and, and live with and do life with, um, which is what you're doing with this book too. You're, you're actually really reaching out to people that you wouldn't have um, had an influence over or been able to tell your story to um, leading them and pointing them to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I, that's the hope. Anyways. Um, I think one of the things that happened when Rick came back, my husband, when we got back together um, and what made it work, you know, part of the hard, it was a lot of work. When I say work, I mean work. Like it wasn't just like, oh, ring the doorbell. He's here, you know, (laughs) ring the bells and everything's fine. Like it wasn't like that. It was months and months and, and, you know, it was counseling and coaching and it was forgiveness and it was working through and, and, and it was hard for both of us. And one of the things that he did was he met with each one of the boys and who are all different ages. The oldest one is in his thirties. Cause I was like 10 when he was born and the youngest one is only 18 now. So he met with them each individually and asked for forgiveness, nice. you know, for, for, for the mistakes. And, and I've done the same for things that I've done over the years. And, and it's a very um, humbling experience. You know, it's a vulnerable place to be, to bring that before your kids, but it's so, so important and necessary. We had to do that. And, I'm, you know, I'm so thankful that he was willing to do that. Yeah, it's redemptive because mm-hmm. in that action, we're actually also teaching. So, yeah. and how, so how long ago was that that you guys remarried? So we remarried on September 9th of 2016. 16. So six, six years now that you've. Right. Yeah. That's right. And then on September uh, 30th, the same year, like three weeks later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer 
So it was just a, what? <laughs> Lord, thank you. What? This can't be happening. You this know? is finally I, being put together and this is falling apart. <laughs> right. Like this, oh. I just thought at the time, like, this is just the worst timing. I can't, I cannot believe like you give me this beautiful, amazing, wonderful life. And then, oh, by the way, P.S., you also have cancer. Um, but again, looking back and I'm good now, I'm fine now, you know, um, and it, it was a journey, right? Mm-hmm. But this is why I'm thankful for that blessing of breast cancer is because it allowed Rick, my husband to take care of me, mm-hmm. right? It allowed, because neither, whoops, neither of us knew that that was going to happen. Right. It allowed him to love me, take care of me, um, you know, just be there for me. Yes. And had the timing been different, had he known I was that I had that and then wanted to reconcile our marriage, I wouldn't have trusted that. Exactly. Absolutely right? true. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. order and the, the timing of that was definitely a God, God thing. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Him, him being able to take care of you, that means the reverse of that is how things used to, used to be, right? Well, I don't know. You don't know, okay. But I was just, I was like, you know, coming out of major surgery and having chemo and radiation and really you're defenseless. Yes. I, I, I couldn't take care of myself. So, and I, I have all boys, like they're not really going to take care of me. Come on. Oh no. I don't think, no, they're wonderful. They're great. kids, <laughs> but, but they're boys. I think it's different than girls, right? Like there's no maternal instinct happening in those boys, you know, they're, they're but great, I know for me, I, I my mom went through breast cancer twice. So the first time I was like eight or nine. Okay. And the next time I was 18. Okay. And so it's neat to see that for me, the gift I had was to watch my dad love my mom. And he became a superhero in a sense. He became he an example of how you love no matter what. Um, and I'll never forget that. It shaped who I am and what I do and why I do it. And so many parts of me watching the example of sacrifice, of things not going great, uh, things being hard, chemo. Um, yeah. I have a chunk of my life where I can't remember about six months of it because of how bad the chemo was for my mom. Mm. And I was little. And I don't remember, I don't, it was kind of sheltered from us, but there was, there was, um, it was a fearful as a kid, but that shapes who we are. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of your choices and all of um, the things you can't control affect each of those boys as well. Mm-hmm. It, I think it was a great example, like you said, mm-hmm. for them to see um, yeah, we're back together. My parents, you know, love each other and they love each other even through this, Right. you know, even, even though she doesn't have hair, even though, you know, whatever, even though she's sick and someone has to help her in the bathroom or all those things like that's love. It's easy to, uh, it's easier to love when things are, are, uh, you know, going along skippity boo, but not when she's hangry, you know, those, those <laughs> are the real times. Those are the real times. When, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and our picture from the world is um, a love that is unconditional as long as things are going wonderful and things are skipping along and as long as we're happy and there's, you know, roses and yeah, it's, it's actually disgusting. It's pimping out what's actually meant to be really beautiful. Yeah. That's One true. of my professors in seminary said, 
that when he does premarital counseling and the couple has never had a fight, he sends them away and says, don't come back to you've had a fight. You don't really know that person unless you've actually disagreed and then worked it out. And that's always stuck with me um, that we need to be able to, to wrestle with stuff and disagree and still keep dignity. <laughs> that's a hard one in the yeah. process. Should send them home with like a computer that doesn't work or something like that. <laughs> Having to call about your phone plan. I don't know. Something. Yeah. yeah something. Like yeah. That. I have a, my middle son one day was mad because the internet was slow. And so he punched a TV and shattered it. Yeah. That's you a know. boy. Yeah. You know. So he spent that next summer. Part of his payment for that was we actually all painted the exterior of our house, the whole family and mm -hmm. the kids did most of it. And he was paying out every hour he worked, he was paying off. <laughs> yeah. Pay for that TV. Cause you're going to make sure you remember this. Yeah. That's consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's smart. So thinking back in your, your life, I mean, you didn't just all of a sudden have eight kids either. That's a journey. <laughs> that's a journey <laughs> in and of itself and what were some of your dreams a long time ago and how did you move into the life that you've that you have today mm -hmm. so I first I got pregnant when I was 19 and in 1984 85 when you got pregnant you married the guy because that's just what was done um and so I did and I was married for one whole year mm -hmm. um Yes. And I was too young and not following the Lord and lots of, lots of things, lots of things. Yes. Um, a lot of things that happened to me as a child reflect, like, how can I say it? a lot of things that happened to me as a child created in my mind, my identity, who I thought I was, right. where, where I looked for love or where I looked for affirmation and where I looked for attention mm -hmm. and it really caused me to make bad choices and unfortunately, obviously. And so do I wish I could go back to that time? Yes, of course. I wish I could have not done those things because not only do the consequences affect me, um, but also affected my kids and lots of other things. But I like, there's no value in looking back. Yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda. There's no, you know, there's no value in that. And I love that God says, when you bring your sin to him and confess it, he forgives you. And then he remembers it no more. Mm -hmm. I remember it. I don't want to, but it pops up in my head. And I think, but you're not remembering it. Why am I bringing this up? You forgot it. So, right. I don't want to keep remembering it. I don't want to keep going back there. Like I've learned from those things. I've turned Right. And I want to use that. And have I slipped up? Yes, of course. Like we all, we're all um, still people that aren't perfect as we live on this earth right. until that day. But um, I'm not that person anymore. Right. And I love that God says that you're a new creation, mm -hmm. like a whole new creation. And that's what he sees when he sees me. So I, I love that right? I'm not a combination. People will say like, oh, you're a combination of all your whole past and all your things. And in some ways, maybe, but I think I'm a new creation. Like those things are still around. Like I still have kids. I still have you know, <laughs> my relatives. I still have the consequences of all the things I've done in my life, but I'm a new person. And I'm so, so thankful for that grace. And when you think of, um, 
the I guess the hardest times during that, you think of the culture like in the 80s even and when you married because you're supposed to. There's also choices you didn't kind of you didn't have a say in. But if we're not careful, as you just said, what we do is we literally look at that child that was born, your son, your first son, and we want to erase him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like that that's makes God didn't go, oops, a kid slipped yeah. through. No. He had a, has a plan before that child was even conceived yeah. as to who that young man was going to be and the life he was going to have. So being able to be really careful that we don't do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Instead, we've made choices that have consequences and how do we lean into, yeah. grow, be discipled. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned, like, I don't know that I've never wanted to kind of erase my kids unless they were being really bratty and yelling maybe (laughs) at that moment, maybe at that moment. moment um, (laughs) Yeah. But like, for sure, like maybe my ex-husband, right. For sure. For sure. There's people that um, I was in relationship with that I'm not now. And, but what, this is what I've learned. This is what Rick and I, my husband have learned is that I still will always be in relationship with those people. If I share a child with my oldest son's, you know, dad, um, Dave is his name. We share this child who's now uh, 36 or whatever he is. (laughs) Yeah. How could that be? Um, So I'm I'm still going to see him. You know why? Because he, he has kids. So we share the same grandkids. So we're both at the birthday parties. Yep. Right. So I need to have a relationship with him. We're friends. We're friends with all of our exes. We, I have them over for coffee. One was just here this morning, um, Rick's ex-wife and, and we're friends because, well, first of all, like, you know, we went through that whole forgiveness and, and the grace and, and all of that, which was work. Right. But so important because we need to, to maintain that relationship. And one of the reasons is for the kids. Right. Exactly. I never want my kids to have to have a birthday party for the grandchildren on this day for these kids or for these grandparents. And on this day for these grandparents, like, you know, that's not fair. That's, it's not my kid's fault. It's not my grandchildren's fault. Like, no, we're not, we're never going to do that. So we've been really blessed that we have good relationships with all of those people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, big picture there's lots of them we never get them together for a picture or anything because i'd be a little bit too weird but but it is important but just to be able to be in the same space there's so many people that can't there's such a lack of forgiveness and and to think of the life that's being led where you're trying to live and trying to do life and parents your own kid your kids but then there's this hate that's just constantly burning inside towards the the ex and it comes out and the kids are having to play interference. And I mean, yeah. what you're saying is redemptive. It's saying, I'm going to set aside. I wish I could cut you out of my life, but because of this child, I refuse to. I'm going to choose to be civil at least, <laughs> yeah. if not friend. Yeah. That's so, so important for people to hear and to think through because forgiveness isn't for them. Right. I forgive someone for my own freedom, my own release. And when I don't forgive, I am bound and I may not see it that way, but you're going to start seeing it that way as in they're now in control of me. Mm -hmm. They have a bad day. I'm not, I'm not going to have a bad day. Like I'm, I'm stuck 
when I'm actually forgiven, I don't have to be triggered in a sense by them. That's right. And how can I not forgive someone for anything after what God has forgiven me for? I'm probably the worst person that, you know, the worst sinner in the world. And if God's willing to forgive me, why am I holding this little thing? Yeah. And scripture is very clear about that. There's not even a question mark there when it comes to, Mm -hmm. and and that's one of the ones that I I wrestle with people a lot. Um, Why do I forgive? Because you were commanded to. But this, but no, 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 no. It's not because you got to tell the story first and you need to, I need redemption here. No, that's vengeance. You're talking about vengeance. You want vengeance. Yes, you're human. <laughs> sure, sure. Forgiveness is letting go and basically saying, I, I sign your debt away. That's not human. That's supernatural. Mm-hmm. So I forgive because God commanded me to, but my emotions don't aren't there yet. My emotions catch up later. We want to do it the other way around. I'll forgive when I feel it. Yeah, you never will. Yeah. So it's a surrendering to Christ that's actually so beautiful and, and difficult. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it didn't happen overnight. <laughs> no way. It, it didn't happen back then, you right. know. And not everybody's called to be in relationship still with those people, even after you've forgiven them. Correct. Boundaries because- are so critical. Boundaries are critical. That's just not our situation. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm thankful for that, but that's not, that's not everyone's situation, but forgiveness is necessary. Right. And that's where if we're not careful, people listening feel like your story becomes prescriptive. I should mm-hmm. do the, no, your story is different. If there's yeah. been abuse, major boundary, there's certain lines that if they've been crossed, major, major, major boundary, like walls because of the harm. Right. And that's biblical. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are very, very much biblical and loving too. Mm-hmm. Getting hurt over and over and over is not you being wise or anything that's of God, if you will. So, you know, so, so important. Now, mm-hmm. think, thinking about your books, um, the title of it means it's for women. Well, it's written to women, like I say, sister and girlfriend yeah. a lot. Okay. Um, but, you know, you could read it as a man. It's the same biblical principles. So oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, yeah. takes it just takes little short stories. Um, you know, so the good thing is you could read a story in probably three minutes, five minutes, maybe locked in the bathroom because it's the only place you can get away from your kids. Or <laughs> yes. whatever, whatever the situation is, whatever part of life you're at. And then it comes around with a biblical principle at the end of the story. Nice. That's wonderful. And you're really trying to highlight what for, for the reader? I'm really trying to highlight hope. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get through this. Nice. So I find when, when I was young and I had friends and it was like a million years ago and I would see my friends in person or I would call them up on my rotary dial phone. And, uh, and I knew what their lives were like there. They had little kids too. Their lives was a freak show, just like mine. It was chaos, yes. but now I, but it was, <laughs> but now I see my daughter-in-laws and I think like, they don't, they see their friends more online. They connect by, I mean, they do see them in person, but there's a lot of connecting online. There's a lot of social media. There's a lot of Instagram. And if you think the real world is this Instagram, perfect picture of a house That is simply not true. And if you go to that house and you open the front door, you're going to see laundry on that couch, just like your house, because nobody's life is perfect. It's just not. And so I really want to encourage women that this is real life. 
This is real life. Don't hold out for perfect. Don't keep trying for everything to look perfect on the outside, right? This is, this is the way life is. It's imperfect. And we're all imperfect people. That's such an important message in our, in our world and social media and kind of the, the, the you know, highlight reel of life is, is mm-hmm. such a farce. It's such a lie. Um, yeah. It's not true. And I've seen that with pictures from, from friends where you literally, I just saw this picture and it looks so pretty, but you walk in their house and you see the angle of that picture and go, wow, <laughs> the pile of laundry here, the, <laughs> the toys all over the floor here. And you can take yeah. pictures of such great angles to cover all that up. And yeah. It, it's, but that's not real life, you know? And I say to women, if you have kids living in your house, it's okay if your house looks like kids live in it. Exactly. Because they do. They do. It's okay. Right? The most it actually important bugs me. That I've been to houses though when I walk in that there are kids and it looks like it's a show house. And I'm like, that makes me sad for your kids. They knew you were coming. That's what I <laughs> <laughs> they knew you were coming. No, but I mean really, they some people because of that perception, they really do think that that's the goal. And so yeah. their kids are not allowed to do anything or one house where the no one was allowed in the living room because the carpet had to be at a certain angle, kind of that old shag carpet. Oh yeah. Like this isn't living. This is not actually healthy for anyone to protect yeah. in that sense. Can we ask yeah. if you have valuable, valuable China or crystal, maybe put it away, but yeah. Yeah. But not like the vacuuming the carpet all the same way so that the lines <laughs> go all the same way on the carpet for that. <laughs> You have kids. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that, make them in different lines so the kids can turn into a place to play cars and yeah, Legos and yes. Yeah, I don't think I I never really had that with my life. It was never that uh, controlled. I never (laughs) tried. Yeah, I never even tried. Yeah. No, I never. I never. But some do. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite shows years ago was actually that that show Wife Swap, where they would swap the wife. So two families and the wives would move into the other house um, and mess everything up. The whole families would and the chaos of a different person with a different set of values and views. And they'd pick like some rocker, heavy metal person and some like uptight Christian or they, it was a neat picture that the way we're doing life isn't the only way to do life. Right. And there are things that we can learn. And there's also things that are just fine the way they are. And being able to almost let your guard down a little bit and chill and calm down that stress. Because as you mentioned, like your daughter-in-laws, they're seeing the world through a very different lens um, than you are, than I am. They're living in a different world. Yeah. And what are the times in our lives that we grow the grow the most or the closest to God? Like the times when things are just going along tickety-boo or the times when things are you know, there's more stress or things are a little more difficult. Like we know we already talked about that. Right. So, and that's what I want to do. Like I want to be closer and closer to God. And, and uh, so I know, you know, although I don't want to say, please bring hard times. (laughs) Right. I'm not, I'm not that much into it, but (laughs) but, uh, I can see the value (laughs) just the same. Yeah. Well, it's hard when you think of motherhood at a young, that young age, the little kids, how much of that is just lost Cause I don't have the brain power. I don't, yeah. you feel crazy. You feel overwhelmed. You feel lost. But a lot of it is as you get past that season and you're looking back, 
you do see the things that God did and you do see the things that you um, accomplished or even got through. It's mm-hmm. hard when there's a kid that's colicky. There's a hard when there's kids that have mm-hmm. you know special needs or struggle. And so those different yeah. seasons, I feel yeah. like we make it harder for ourselves oftentimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's expectations. That's the thing. Like if you expect that, things are going to go a certain way or things are going to be per- perfect or that you're going to get things accomplished. Like you're not going to get anything accomplished. Okay. If you get something accomplished, like outside of your kids <laughs> eating, healthy and eating food, like that's a good day. Like put a star on the wall or something, but like just feeding into those kids, just encouraging them, just doing the mom things. That's the most important job. This is an important time of their life. Like that is really underrated is that in our society is that the right word for it yeah, like it's really sure. doesn't get as much yeah. um press as it should well i talked right. i teach at a university and i talk to, to young women all the time and they they say it this way they i ask them what do you really want why are you here what do you really want they're majoring in counseling psychology i'm so excited for them love that they're there but then they go well i just want to be a wife and mom and i'm like why the word just and i hear this often not everyone obviously just certain ones that it's just well because cultures told me that that's settling and it breaks my heart and i and then they then they ask well then why am i here if that's what i want i was like so that you have a brain yeah god opened this door you're able to be here praise god and you're doing it so that you can actually have a brain like you're going to be able to think in a way others don't so yay i'm glad you're here and if yeah. it turns into something else, wonderful, but it's not required. Yeah, that's interesting. If you want to get a job, like go to job training, you go to a Votech school, you go to, you know, become a welder, become a electrician, they pay well. Um, and so I'm encouraging them, you're here, then it's good. But the, the your desire of your heart is actually beautiful as well we've done a good job of devaluing motherhood even yeah, um, and fatherhood for that matter. And that raising children is a a huge calling and necessity for that matter. Yeah. And it's not easy. No. And what about, (laughs) so a question that that came to mind that you had even written was, so think about thinking about women today and women 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. what would you say is a difference? Well, one thing is like I said about, about seeing people in person and not having social media, yep. right? Um, that's do you probably- feel like, Do you feel like it was more isolated then when you were at home and all you had is your dial up your you know rotary phone and that's what I had in the dorm in college too. And like, do you feel yeah, like it was more isolated <laughs> and now they're not leaving the house but they feel more connected or is it, there's pros yeah. and cons from both. Yeah, it felt more, it felt like a more, um, uh, like a closer relationship because even though maybe we didn't have a thousand followers, followers, (laughs) um, we knew people on a more intimate level. That's what I was wondering. I feel like we did. I feel like there was more intimacy back then. I think so. Lost intimacy. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. That's 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 the biggest thing. Yeah. Lost intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Like you think, you think that people are connecting more, um, because of social media, Yep. but actually we're 
connecting on such a shallow level. Yep. Right. Connect, so like, a like a like, like a like. It's just a like. Yep. It's just it's just a click. That's it. It's not even there's not even a full thought about it. Sometimes it's just like click click click. When I know, I remember the guy that that invented the like button on that that movie, the Netflix show, The Social Dilemma. Such a great oh. show. But he's left whatever it was. I can't remember which you know which company he was in it with. But he he left and he basically was saying when I invented the like button, which is so funny to say, uh, yeah. I thought I was bringing joy to the world. I thought I was actually bringing like happiness and, and something beautiful. I didn't realize I was creating a monster when it right. came to the world revolving around how many likes do I have and how many views do I have? And like he, he even saw this is a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad for uh, mental health. I think that especially with our our teens and maybe even preteens, whenever you let your kids, you know, be on social media, Um, you shouldn't (laughs) know but people do. And I I think that's bad. They, they, a lot of people judge themselves, like back to the whole identity thing Mm -hmm. by how many likes, how many followers, how many, you know, that whole thing. What I noticed a number of years ago are Cub Scouts. So families joining Cub Scouts, they would join and I was the cub master. And um, so it's the little kids and the moms were younger than I am. Right. How many of them, we would add them on Facebook to our group. And I would look at the pictures and go, every picture is of you. Yeah. Cause you're coming from that selfie generation of, is there anyone else in the world or is it just you? That's yeah. telling to me. And it's also scary as to yeah. the world you're living in when that's, that's the norm. And now we have the filters. Now it's not yeah. just selfies. It's all the filters and from Snapchat to your little dances on TikTok to everything else. Sure. And why is there a filter? Because you're not good enough just the way you look. Is that why? Like back to the identity. Who, oh. who is saying that? Why? Yeah, it's it's difficult. I think identity is something that's so difficult I'm, I'm going to say, especially for women, only because I'm not a guy, so I can't say for guys. But yeah, the world is telling us so many things and it's all lies. Yep. You know, it's just it's just all lies. And and I say it and I say it and say it so many times. But the most important thing we can do is fill our head with truth. Right. right? Because truth can't come out if we if we're not taking it in. Right. And the only thing like. Would you agree that 2022 is it's getting more difficult to discern truth? Yes. Oh, it's yes. Right. So the only thing that we know, the only thing that I know that I know that I know that I know to be true is God's word. That's it. That's it. Nothing else I can trust. I'm sure what you're saying is true, but man, I don't know. So, but I know God's word is true. So if I want that to be in my brain, because I want true thoughts and true reflections of who I am, then I need to bring that into my head, right? I need to be reading it. And it's easier than ever to read it. Did you know, even if you didn't have a Bible, like an actual book, which by the way, we can still buy in our country. (laughs) um, (laughs) This year, even if you didn't have an actual physical book, you can download an app of the Bible to read in any version that you choose. And there's an audible version. So at least in most of them, in the one that I have, so you could read it while you're going for a walk, while you're driving somewhere, while you're folding the laundry on your couch, while you're doing any of the things that you do, 
You can read, you can have it read to you and just absorb the word of God into your brain for truth. Like that is, I don't know. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. And what's crazy is we have so much, we we have the access to so many great teaching and podcasts and um, sermons and books and classes. And we, I feel like we're dumber than ever in some sense, theologically ignorant more than so than ever. We're seeing that at the university level, students Mm -hmm. that walk in and are, they grew up in the church and don't know anything about scripture and it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, So you're right. But people will say it's because they don't have the attention span, but they will, uh, what do you call it? They will watch seasons of something. Binge watch. Thank you. That's it. They will binge watch seasons of something on Netflix. So it's not attention. Nope. It's not at all. I'm calling shenanigans on that. That's not true. Exactly. You are right. Well, no, one of the books that affected me a number of years ago, I did a a number of podcasts on it um, last year. And it was the book Coddling of the American Mind. Hmm. And so it's a secular research study, which is really neat to see when secular research backs up scripture. But one of the things they were pointing out in the study was that um, social media is one of the just dangerous, dangerous, dangerous things for for teenagers. We're seeing that the data is showing it. We need to change what we're doing. Then one of the researchers went on to say, I would not trust a smartphone to a teenager unless I would trust a revolver a pistol wow and then they That's said so which one is more dif- more dangerous he goes the social media on the smartphone is more dangerous than the revolver wow that to me just answers so many questions for parents if you're trying to wrestle with should i no mm-hmm. your teenager does not need social media now yeah. a few years ago the question was like well they won't fit in and they and a lot of parents didn't know what to say and there wasn't data to show, even though we really knew. Now we know, we know that this is a bad deal. They don't need to be on Instagram. They don't need to be ever on Snapchat, even though, yeah, TikTok, even though the message is, well, this is the way this generation communicates. Well, we actually can change that by them not having those ways of communicating. Like what if they actually got on their bicycle and went down the street to a friend's house to communicate? But what if they didn't text them they were coming? Exactly. But what if you (laughs) didn't have a way to text them? No, I'm I'm just saying it. That's why it doesn't happen, right? But if you start doing that because that's all you have, you start changing the world and changing the the neighborhood and the culture around. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we're going to change some of this stuff. We start realizing this is dangerous. Um, The reason, like, we're losing our boys and girls because of some of these things that we've allowed to infiltrate their lives and culture. And then we just say, well, this is just a new world order. And it's like, no, yes, but, oh yeah, I am the parent. (laughs) I can choose. And then it's hard when the parents are actually bad examples too. How we, we become bad examples with these things. Yeah, that's right. We're on them all the time and we're just, we can't. So we have a lot to learn. Uh, as well yeah what else what else would you say is is a big difference between 30 years ago and today Hmm. that's a good question i think i like you said this the social media thing like now um 
I would say kids not having social media are definitely not the norm. Like my, when my boys were teenagers, they didn't get, they got a phone when they were in grade 10. Now I think it's a lot younger that kids have get phones um, for sure. And, and you can always justify whatever, whatever you decide, right. There's always, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) And I made, I made tons of mistakes. So I already said that at the first of the show. So there can be no judgment on me. I can tell you pretty much anything right now. (laughs) It it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, My husband is a police officer. Mm-hmm. And he would say that. Did you say ooh? <laughs> great. Ooh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, so um, and he would say, like, he got called a few years ago, probably maybe it was five years ago, to this big bush party. So I live in a rural area, mm-hmm. and so there was a party, and kids. There was kids. The kids were the year before grade eight and grade nine, just coming into high school. So thirteen, ooh. maybe fourteen, mm-hmm. all with booze. Every kid, there was like 50, wow. 60 kids there, tons of them. Do you know where they got the booze? From their parents. Mm-hmm. They got dropped off there with alcohol. Yep. And, and, Rick, and Rick often says, it's not our kids' friends that are the problem. It's our kids' friends' parents. Yep. Right? Those parents because should be arrested. We hear a well, they don't have a, it's a small jail in this town. I'm telling you, there's not enough room, <laughs> um, not enough room for all them. Gotcha. <laughs> that's the but it's like a mentality. Now it's you know, people who aren't who aren't Christians who aren't following the Lord, like they have a different vision too. I'm not saying these were all the teenagers from our youth group. It wasn't right. obviously it wasn't. Um, so we also understand that people live differently than us, but it just seems like such a like I I don't understand why anyone would want to do that. Like it doesn't make any sense in, in my brain, why you would do that, but it's very common. Yeah. So that's something that's changed over the last 30 what is years. That, that the feeling that I'm loving them by, well, I was kind of wild. So they're going to be wild too. So I'm going to control it by giving it to them. Yeah. Or if it's a girl, they'll say things like, well, I want to know where she got it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 30 and years really, ago, you had to work for it, man. Right. Like, exactly. You had to work for it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. None of that. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. 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 So now it's not only controlling it, but it's, it's trying to protect. And I would even say for many families, parents trying to love them and, and you are so misguided. Please yeah. hear you are so misguided. I see Christian families where they're like so excited. Their kid got into the school they went to the university they went to. And then this, I remember this one family, they went to visit the university. And the first thing they did was their son stayed at a frat house, the frat house that the dad had been to. And then what happened? He's a teenager. He got drunk and they're so proud of him. And I'm like, how? No boundary. Goodness gracious. No, this isn't the world you grew up in. This is a different world. And even that's not okay. But it's like we're seeing the values of families and the values of parents are very different, even among Christians. And if you talk to them, they think they're being loving at times. Others are just being, you know, irresponsible. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and the um, like the drug scene, for instance, back mm -hmm. then, I mean, I've always lived here in this like in a rural area. I grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like in Canada, marijuana is legal. 
like you can have it, you can smoke it, you can buy it as long. It's just like cigarettes. It's in stores and the government makes money off of it. It's insane. Same I think. Here. Same for here. I, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. And it's so, so it's nothing, right. right? Like to a teenager, it's nothing. It's not even worth doing. Well, I mean, I think lots <laughs> of them do it, but, but it's, it's not rebellious. Right. Right. So, I mean, lots of teenagers go through rebellion through a rebellious stage, mm-hmm. but that's not going to be what it is. So it's going to be something that is higher, higher, oh. right? Gosh. And yeah, and he's finding um, kids that are like normally um, athletic kids, like on hockey teams and that, and um, they're doing cocaine. Like what? Like that's well, insane. So here where I live in Oregon, they've legalized cocaine, mushrooms. They've legalized everything in Washington state, heroin. You can have a little bit of that. Like this whole West coast where I'm at, these three states on the West coast are just off their rocker. They've lost their mind. That seems nuts to me. And I saw an article yesterday because it was legalized last year that the article said, well, the results of this experiment are kind of a mixed bag. And it's like, no kidding. (laughs) Like I don't you're know surprised that it's a mixed bag. The results would be like the jails will be less full because we can't arrest anyone. Is well, everything is still messed up because there's been this anti-police movement. So yeah. there's such a reduction in that force. And there's so many pieces of this puzzle mm-hmm. that's just setting up everything to fail. And I almost feel like that's the case. It's like we need people in we need people in we need Christians in politics. We need Christians as police officers we need to as firefighters we need all these things and we're losing that kids yeah. don't kids would rather be at home playing on their xbox in their parents basement yeah i tell parents flood the basement yeah get them out they need a responsibility and the responsibility you don't start teaching them responsibility at 15 or 16 or 17 you start at two and three and four yeah whatever they can handle at that age and by 10 they should be doing you know, a lot of the work around the house and well, they could be painting the outside of the house, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We're almost but, done with painting the interior right now, but I ended up doing most of that because it was therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. Nobody broke anything. So you had to do it on your own. Right? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. It's crazy to think of the difference in the last, you know, like in 30 years, how much has changed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, 30 years ago, I was in, in, um, let's see, where, how old am I? I was finishing up high school. We had actually just moved to the United States from South America to America. I grew up as a missionary kid in Chile and dealing with culture shock and dealing with English is, you know, not really a second language, but it felt like a second language because all my education had been in Spanish. And, um, and just to think of the culture at the time, how, how much has changed, it has been, and literally from the historians, it's been faster change in the last 30 years than the prior, like 300 years. Like it's yeah. crazy. And so for our kids sake, we need a voice like yours and, and the book that you've talked about. Um, what was the name of the book again? Listen, sister, Listen, sister, finding hope in the freak show of life, finding hope in the freak show of life. I love that. Oh, yay. It's in print. Doesn't that feel good? Yes, it feels amazing <laughs> and weird and kind of surreal. So yeah. the ebook is out now. Okay. And the paperback version launches on June 14th of 2022. Okay. Yeah. June 14th, 2022. 
Listen to this shirt. Yes. Yeah. And, and on your website, you can subscribe to some PDFs and, and follow you. And um, is the uh, ebook available on your website or on Amazon or both? It's on uh, Barnes and Noble, um, Noble. Chapters, Walmart.com, I saw it, which is really weird. And uh, Google Play, I think, and also nice. Amazon and all the places, anywhere nice. you can find books. Yeah, nice. so that's really cool. And um, like Mar Morgan James is my publisher. So they look after putting it everywhere. I don't worry yep. about that. They're nice. amazing, great great publisher. So like great people to work with. Wonderful. And yeah, yeah. So that'll be launching in June. And I started a second book. Okay. I think it's going to be called something like, um, girlfriend, put your money where your mouth is. So because <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time I say things like, Oh, go, you know, do an interview or talk to somebody and I'll say, Oh yeah, I got that all figured out. And then like that <laughs> That week, the Lord's like, watch this, girl. Oh, so yeah, that's pretty much what I think the next one will probably be like. Great. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. Yes. Yeah, it was fun. Good to know your, a little bit your story and how God's brought you through so much. And so great to see where you're, you and your marriage is at and your family. And definitely want people to, to follow you, to see what you're doing and um, buy her book. <laughs> uh, buy it. Yeah. And that's yeah. What, why. And we, we talked about this in the beginning and before we got on here was the whole point. It's to glorify Christ. That's right. That's right. And I, so if you go on my website, tescott.com, I have a free PDF that you can get that is on 10, the top 10 signs that your life is a freak show. So <laughs> if what I'm saying resonates with you, if you uh, can only have five minutes to peace, if you're locked in the bathroom, you know, then go on there and check that out. And uh, I'll send you my newsletter and some encouragement every day because like we all need to be encouraged. Yep. That's my, that's my goal. Wonderful. Great. Well, wonderful meeting you and look forward to further conversations in the future. Yeah, thanks, Corey. Thanks a lot right. for having me. Pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at healinglives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at bookdrg.com. And one more thing. If you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.